the term action fallacy is one that I use in, in the book to describe our mistaken belief that good leaders are characterized by an obsession with action and activity. They respond quickly and vociferously to whatever problem might crop up as they are undertaking their endeavor, whatever that might be, leading a company to a sports team, etc. Put differently, that if we're looking for a leader, it's the person who is the loudest, the person who is doing the most. What I find is that history's most successful leaders often remain a bit unseen because uh, they prefer more subtle actions that align with the circumstances in which they find themselves. And because they do so, it makes them less exciting, it makes them less visible, and we're less likely to identify them as leaders. The examples which really spring to my mind would be, and and this isn't a political point, Churchill versus Clem Attlee. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. And I think Churchill's an interesting example there as well, because he was bold. He was very offensively minded. And we have all these examples of him hounding his generals in in the desert in particular to to go on the offensive, to go after the Italians Mm. and later the Germans. Uh, So he was very action oriented. But I think the action fallacy, the mistake is to believe that his success as a leader came solely or even primarily from his offensive mindset. Instead, I think what many historians have documented it's that what ultimately uh, won the Second World War from the British perspective was uh, bringing the U.S. into the war and designing a, a very capable administrative structure that can manage this war of information, war of technology. And this is what Churchill sets to do from day one, and he himself recognizes that these two factors will be critical. On top of that, of course, he gives brilliant speeches, he's very charismatic, that's certainly there, but that's not the secret to his success. 